You're listening to Dirty Feet, a podcast from No More Radio. Vous écoutez le podcast Dirty Feet sur les ondes de No More Radio. Hosted by, animé par, Alison Burns, JD Papillon, et Stéphanie Morin-Robert. Stay tuned. We're going to move you. Aujourd'hui, sur notre 66e épisode de Dirty Feet, on accueille Emmanuel Calvé. Euh, qui présente un, une pièce qui sera présentée par Densité dans le contexte Trace Or Sentier, euh, une pièce qui s'appelle Émacter Marine. Euh, donc, euh, un spectacle qui sera présenté au Théâtre Rouge du Conservatoire entre le 5 mars et le 15 mars. Euh, donc, on va bientôt commencer avec elle. But uh, before we get there, uh, I just wanted to give you a heads up that uh, in the second half of the podcast, we're going to be doing an English uh, dual interview. We're inviting in Amy Blackmore to co-host and speak with uh, Stephanie Morin-Robert and Kimberly DeJong about their works that are being presented in a double bill for Tangent, uh, playing at Théâtre Prospero this week. Uh, Steph is presenting Coming and Going with her uh company called For Body and Light, Pour Corps et Lumière, and Kimberly will be presenting Cycle 2. So we'll be speaking with both those ladies a little later, but before then... Uh, oui, avant ça, on a Emmanuel Calvé, qui est directrice artistique, chorégraphe et euh, artiste multidisciplinaire. Ça va bien? Oui, ça va. <rire> Parfait. <rire> Parle-nous un peu de, de, de toi. Comment tu as commencé la danse? Je sais que c'est un, un voyage <rire> qui, qui se passe depuis longtemps, oui. mais... Euh, ben j'ai commencé très tôt là, à danser. Ça, c'est certain que pour moi, il y avait un... Euh, C'était un moyen de communication qui était clair que c'était ça, ça me traversait là, tous les je le sentais fort que c'était euh, en moi tout le temps et puis euh, je sais pas si ça a été un choix où j'ai juste suivi cet élan là euh, puis ça me permettait aussi de de vivre ma vie comme je le sentais je pense d'être en en, communi en communion avec les choses plus sensibles euh, d'une façon plus sensible puis euh, avec les gens aussi c'est la danse c'est vraiment depuis que je suis tout petite je le sens que c'est un un outil de transformation puis de guérison ou de pour pour euh, c'est ça vivre la vie intensément c'est que moi c'était ma façon c'était comment je voulais vivre ma vie puis très jeune je l'ai ressenti et puis j'ai toujours dansé puis ensuite euh, bon ben j'ai fait toutes sortes de, de trucs là euh, du flamenco la comédie musicale euh, j'ai fait aussi mes mes arts visuels euh, à Québec j'ai étudié c'est un deck que j'ai fait mais ça a toujours fait partie de ma démarche et puis euh, ensuite ben j'ai je suis allée à Concordia euh, en danse contemporaine et puis déjà euh, je commençais à à mélanger tous les médiums qui m'intéressaient. Et puis, euh, de aussi, ce qui m'intéressait, c'était de rencontrer différents artistes puis de d'échanger de, vraiment avec eux, tu sais, sur le plan humain, d'avoir de, des rencontres puis des, 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 des sessions où on fait juste s'amuser puis discuter. Puis donc, euh, déjà très tôt, je pense dans mon processus de quand j'ai commencé à, à danser, j'avais toutes les des petites graines de, de ce que je suis maintenant qui étaient en train de grandir. Donc oui, la danse, j'ai commencé il y a longtemps. 
pour répondre mmh. à la question. <rire> oui, oui. Euh, puis, dans le fond, mmh. l'art visuel, puis vous avez dit que c'est vraiment partie, oui. ça fait partie de votre démarche oui. artistique. Euh, en 2007, c'est quand vous avez fait, euh, c'est quelle pièce déjà? Euh, la première, ben en fait, quand je suis, ah. je, je pense vous parler de Lampe intérieure, ah, qui okay, était oui. Euh, oui, une pièce oui. que j'avais présentée solo à Vue sur la relève et euh, Tangente. Mm -hmm. euh, mais avant ça, j'avais fait une autre petite création où euh, j'avais présenté au Studio 303. Ah oui, c'est ça. Ouais, ouais, C'était une ouais. pièce qui réunissait en fait tous des hommes déjà non danseurs. Déjà, ça m'intéressait de travailler avec euh, des gens qui ne venaient pas de la danse puis de leur partager euh, ce que la danse pouvait faire dans leur dans leur vie puis dans leur corps. C'était Aya, Aya, Aya. Ouais, ça s'appelait. Puis ouais. pourquoi, pourquoi ça t'intéresse justement de travailler avec des gens qui, qui sont des non-danseurs? Mm -hmm. Parce que je vois ce que, je, ce que la danse peut leur donner puis ça me fait triper. <rire> oui, euh, ouais. Je vois les... les, les C'est incroyable comme euh, j'enseigne aussi aux femmes victimes de violence depuis 2007 à peu près. Et puis... Euh, à chaque fois que je rentre en, en atelier puis que je leur en donne un atelier, au début puis à la fin, ils sont complètement différentes. La, leur euh, énergie vitale, leur sourire intérieur, leur, la façon qu'ils communiquent entre elles, et ils sont beaucoup plus ouvertes, beaucoup plus... Donc, puis ça, c'est des femmes euh, qui, qui ont vécu des trucs difficiles, mais quand je suis avec euh, des artistes ou des, des gens de... De d'autres disciplines. Oui. Ben je vois l'ouverture que ça fait pour tout en nous euh, où ça peut nous amener. Je, je sais pas, c'est c'est vraiment le les rencontres. Euh, je sais pas si je suis bien dans mon époque moi de, de super. <rire> euh, on s'écrit par ordi. <rire> je suis vraiment comme encore dans le dans des vraies rencontres je veux des vraies personne, rencontres. On oui. se réunit autour d'un feu puis on se raconte des histoires. Tu sais, je, je, je suis un peu là-dedans. Puis je pense qu'on on gagnerait tous à à garder un peu de ça là, pour euh, pour reconnecter ensemble puis euh, avoir mmh. des échanges euh, nourrissants et tout ça mais euh, donc c'est ça de, de voir dans les autres artistes où la danse peut amener leur discipline ou mmh. euh, le contraire pour moi aussi. puis les, les histoires des, des autres ou les victimes ou ceux que que t'aident un peu avec la danse thérapie mmh. ou mouvement mmh. thérapie est-ce que tu t'en sers comme inspiration dans tes pièces a... ben pas dans celle-là celle-là mmh. ça a vraiment été ma propre thérapie <rire> <rire> mais on a le droit <rire> ouais c'est vraiment euh, c'est un en fait Emac je réfléchis à ça ce matin c'est vraiment un espace que j'ai laissé naître en moi que j'ai découvert que que mon corps me racontait peu à peu. Mm. Donc, ça a demandé du temps. Puis, il de, de, y a eu plusieurs étapes. Puis, je pouvais pas le forcer puis le rocher. Mm. Mais c'est sûr que tout ce que ce qu'il y a dans ce spectacle-là, ça fait partie de, des côtés de moi, des facettes de moi. Mm -hmm. Donc, je suis vraiment allée profondément dans, dans mes propres questionnements de, de, puis mes propres thèmes qui m'intéressaient à, à, quand j'ai commencé le, le projet. Mm -hmm. ouais. Puis parlons de, de thèmes justement. Mm -hmm. euh, je sais que, que tout ce qui est culturel, tradition, euh, euh, même les contes, mm -hmm. c'est quelque chose qui est quand même super présent. Mm -hmm. Peux-tu nous parler un peu de tes origines puis comment que ça inspire ton travail? Ouais. Euh, mais en fait, moi, mais de plus en plus, ça se clarifie là mes origines. <rire> <rire> J'ai l'impression d'être juste un enfant de la terre comme tout le monde. Ouais, en fait, ouais. tu sais, je, je, en fait, euh, 
les thèmes qui sont... Attends, repose ta question, parce que je ne suis pas sûre que je vais répondre comme il faut. Les, mes origines à moi... Euh, ou à toi, ou même tout ce qui est culturel, ouais. ou la présence traditionnelle. Ben, les, ouais, ben, les contes, euh, en fait, que je me suis inspirée der dernièrement, là, le conte de la femme squelette, qui, qui mm -hmm. a été une source d'inspiration pour ce conte-là, mais ce n'est pas le conte de la femme squelette que je refais en show. Okay. Ça a été une inspiration parce que j'ai réalisé que dans les contes, il y avait souvent des thèmes et des remèdes pour... Les gens racontaient une histoire de la vie. Mm -hmm. à travers des personnages, à travers des, des lieux imaginaires. Puis c'était souvent, on parlait des, des grands thèmes de la vie, des, des, le deuil, des, des transformations de l'humain, des obstacles qu'on peut vivre, puis tout ça, mais ils rendaient ça un peu fantastique. Puis euh, moi, j'ai été, j'ai accroché sur un livre qui s'appelle « Femmes qui courent avec les loups », puis dedans, il y a beaucoup de contes. Puis euh, ce conte-là, « La femme squelette », il m'a accroché parce que au moment où je l'ai découvert, J'étais en train de vivre des choses par rapport au deuil, par rapport à, à, au cycle de la vie et de la mort. Et puis, j'avais comme mes propres peurs par rapport à ça. Puis là, j'avais le goût d'approfondir. Puis c'est super, c'est un vraiment, c'est un beau conte. Là. Ça fait que j'ai rentré dedans, puis je me suis laissée porter là-dedans. Mais tu sais, j'ai pas... Euh, j'ai pas non plus exploré euh, tant de contes que ça encore. C'est comme le premier où je vais vraiment profondément dedans. C'est le conte de la femme squelette. Sinon, ben, j'aime créer mes propres histoires. Puis euh, après ça, il y a eu Lampe intérieure dont tu as parlé, oui. que vous avez présenté à Tangente. Euh, puis la selva au temps des, des cerises. cerises au oui. Jésus. Euh, ça, c'était euh, un, un projet que ben, j'ai été en résidence au Jésus à quelques mm -hmm. reprises. Et puis, euh, c'est un projet de création, de recherche que j'ai fait là-bas avec euh, avec d'autres danseurs. Et puis, euh, il y avait encore une fois une femme qui dansait pas dans la 60, dans les 70 ans qui était avec nous, qui avait un rôle aussi. Et puis, euh, là déjà, la marionnette commençait à prendre encore un peu plus de place que l'ampe intérieure, puis le multidisciplinaire aussi. Et que ça, ça a comme grossi, grossi, j'y laissais de plus en plus de place. Puis, euh, c'est ça. Donc, c'est le fruit d'une résidence au Jésus. Puis après euh, la selva, j'ai eu Peau d'or, euh, Sort de l'ombre, que j'ai présenté dans les maisons de la culture, puis à Tangente aussi. Ouais. Et depuis, donc, comme vous avez dit, c'est vraiment quelque chose qui se construit. Il y a plus ouais. de place pour ouais. plus laisser soit d'autres artistes, plus de euh, pratiques, différents arts. Puis là, on, on est arrivé à un... Un, un monstre, mais un autre oui. univers, tu sais, et Mac, puis je pense que, pourrais vous dire, peut-être que c'est quelque chose que vous travaillez depuis longtemps, oui. même avant de nécessairement travailler sur le spectacle. Oui, oui c'est sûr qu'il y, y a des genres de restes de d'autres créations, j'imagine, à l'intérieur, sans mm -hmm. que je m'en rende compte. Puis, c'est sûr que c'est comme, tu dis, le gros, le gros morceau, là, mais moi, je ne m'attendais pas avec tout ce, ce... Parce que j'ai commencé à peu près en 2011, techniquement, à, à avoir des résidences puis à créer pour ce projet-là. Mm -hmm. Mais je voulais pas créer un spectacle à l'époque. En 2011, je venais de finir Peau d'or puis j'avais plus envie de, de prendre soin. – Faire recherche. – Oui. Puis c'est ça, donc... Euh, euh, c'est... Vraiment, je suis encore surprise de travailler avec des grands noms comme les collaborateurs qui travaillent sur ce show-là. Sont, il, il, il y a Richard Desjardins qui est là live à, à Densité. Donc, quand live? Même, oui, oui. Ah, je le savais oui, pas. Oui, il ah. est là live à Densité. Wow. Puis c'est oui. lui qui a, qui a écrit les textes. Donc, moi, je lui ai envoyé 
une première version de mon histoire, puis il est venu en répétition, puis après ça, il a rédigé les textes vraiment pour le spectacle, puis il y a Joran qui a créé vraiment la musique pour le spectacle aussi, euh, puis Richard Lacroix qui est scénographe, qui, qui tu sais, c'est vraiment des, des gens euh, euh, qui, qui, je pense qu'on, en tout cas, quand je pensais à ces gens-là, c'était pour moi, il y allait avec l'énergie le, le, du spectacle, puis les, 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 le type de rencontre que je voulais euh, mm -hmm. pour ce spectacle-là, -là, c'est des gens très humains, puis qui Ouais, sont super ouais, captivants, ouais. c'est que puis généreux donc c'est ça donc et Max c'est comme euh, après ça je sais pas je vais te tomber c'est c'est tu le bout de l'affaire des fois je me dis qu'est-ce que je vais faire après ça j'ai tout fait non non, non, non mais c'est ça c'est je prends une chose à la fois là je vis le moment puis c'est ça je vais accoucher bientôt là <rire> Wow. Euh, puis parlons de, de collaboration parce mm -hmm. que c'est un échange quand même assez intéressant. Mm -hmm. Puis aujourd'hui, on peut collaborer avec quelqu'un sans nécessairement être dans la même chambre qu'eux ou dans le même studio mm -hmm. avec l'Internet et tout. Puis euh, comment, comment intégrer vraiment le vécu, les histoires, le, le, le pratique artistique à quelqu'un d'autre avec votre travail puis quand même faire en sorte que c'est comment diriger ça, mais sans... Mm -hmm. Et aussi laisser confiance aux, aux collaborateurs. Ouais. Donc, comment trouvez-vous le, le, ben, ce balance-là? Il y a beaucoup de discussions. Mm -hmm. Tu sais, moi, je présente ma vision, ce que je vois. je J'essaie je d'y rentrer le plus possible dans mon univers pour qu'ils puissent euh, s'y... Euh, Habiter. Oui, c'est ça. <rire> Puis, tu sais, euh, comme par exemple la, la marionnette, euh, j'avais vraiment envie de faire mes propres marionnettes, puis la conception, ça faisait longtemps que je voyais le mouvement en lien avec les marionnettes, puis c'est très, très près un de l'autre. Et puis, euh, donc, euh, tu sais, mon ami Jean qui, qui a construit les marionnettes, euh, je lui montrais le dessin ou les matériaux, puis il y a vraiment un échange, tu sais, il me disait, ben, il me proposait quelque chose, je pouvais dire, ben, ça, ça bouge pas assez pour la danse, tu sais, on peut pas, ça va briser pour telle chose, c'est que là, mais les gens, ils, ils se sont fondus, puis ils ont rentré dans mon propre, puis après ça, ben, c'est de laisser l'espace pour qu'ils me proposent des choses, puis euh, c'est ça, c'est de s'écouter, de, de laisser respirer, puis de... De, de, c'est sûr qu'il a fallu que je dirige une grosse équipe là. Je, je, je me suis vraiment mis dans un gros rôle j'étais directrice artistique chorégraphe interprète et je dirige chaque artiste dans le fond un peu dans les c'est plusieurs chapeaux ouais, à plus euh, essayer d'avoir des subventions <rire> <rire> puis mais heureusement il y avait il y a densité qui qui, qui est comme oui. un gros cadeau dans ma vie là euh, et puis, il y a eu le mai aussi qui a été vraiment important pour moi parce que c'est grâce au mai, au programme d'accompagnement que j'ai pu euh, créer, vraiment faire de la recherche parce que j'ai été, euh, été au programme d'accompagnement pendant un an. C'est euh, ça. Puis les résidences. Puis, puis quand, euh, quand on fait partie de densité, c'est-tu de l'aide à la publicité? Ah, ben c'est beaucoup d'aide. Vraiment. Euh, oui. Ben, tu te sens comme une une structure qui t'angle, qui te soutient, en fait, à place d'être juste par toi-même. Puis, c'est sûr que, ben, toute l'équipe m'aide énormément, C'est que, c'est, pour faire, disons, euh, par exemple, on veut donner des, je veux donner des ateliers à des enfants, à des jeunes avec ce projet-là. Je pense qu'il y a des thèmes à partager aux jeunes. Et puis, euh, 
ils vont m'aider, disons, à faire mon cahier pédagogique pour que les écoles puissent venir puis discuter avec les professeurs ou des trucs comme ça. C'est que c'est... Euh, ouais, c'est un gros morceau, là, densité. Là, parce que je me souviens, à un moment donné, j'avais mon projet, j'avais la subvention, mais j'avais pas de diffuseur. <rire> J'ai oh my God, que je vais faire? Mais c'est comme arrivé euh, comme ça, là. C'est que... Ouais. Ouais. Puis, euh, et Mac, on peut-tu dire que c'est un spectacle, euh, vu qu'il y a tellement d'aspects mm -hmm. différents, que c'est un spectacle euh, pour tous les âges? Y tu mm -hmm. plus pour les jeunes, pour ben, les familles? Vraiment, les... moi, je, je crée pour tous. Quand, mm -hmm. quand je crée une pièce, je ne me mets pas d'âge en tête. J'essaie que ça soit pour tout humain qui a un cœur. <rire> Mais... Euh, c'est certain que visuellement, moi, je pense que ça peut aller pour tous. Euh, les textes de Richard sont quand même poétiques. Puis je pense que adolescent, tu peux euh, discuter avec ton professeur des, des, du texte et des du mots. Contenu, ouais. Ouais. Mais c'est sûr que, euh, en tout cas, moi, je pense que j'ai discuté avec quelques-uns de mes collaborateurs. Puis il y en a qui ont des enfants là-dedans. Puis ils ont dit, moi, mon, mon enfant, il a 7 ans. Puis je pense qu'il va triper. Puis... Fait que, mm. tu sais, c'est dur à dire avant de l'avoir présenté. Il y a, il y a un quelque chose qui va venir chercher. Ouais. Mais on s'entend que c'est un conte fantastique avec des marionnettes géantes. Euh, puis, tu sais, ouais. je, je, ouais. je me mets dans la peau d'un enfant. Au pire, tu vas avoir... Euh, mais je, je dirais pas très, très jeune. Là, parce que c'est sûr que euh, c'est un conte qui se passe dans le Grand Nord et dans l'océan. Donc, il y a un rythme, puis un temps grand nord. Puis, il faut, faut le vivre comme ouais, ça. Ouais. C'est lent, c'est ben, pas lent, mais tu comprends, il y a une grande espace. Oui, ouais, c'est vaste, puis c'est un rythme d'hiver. C'est que, oui, il, il, ça bouge là, quand même, <rire> mais euh, je ne sais pas à quel point un enfant de 4 ans va pouvoir rester assis pendant que moi puis mon morse, on se regarde pendant, pendant 3 minutes. Tu sais. C'est pas long pour un adulte, mais c'est ça, je pense que tu comprends là, oui, ce que je oui. veux dire. Oui. Mais, euh, et comment trouver <rire> le balance entre être interprète puis chorégraphe en même temps? Est-ce que vous avez un œil extérieur? Ça, là, ou un... Oh God. Je fais ça depuis, 2000, depuis que j'ai gradué à Concordia, je suis dans mes pièces, mm -hmm. puis c'est toujours intense. <rire> j'ai ma caméra. Défi, Pendant longtemps, j'avais juste ma caméra. Mm -hmm. J'ai créé la majorité. Puis après, j'ai commencé à inviter peu à peu des, des danseurs ou des, des, des yeux extérieurs. Euh, mais j'ai eu personne de constant. J'ai eu plus des, des personnes qui viennent de temps en temps. Et puis, euh, je, je trouve ça plus facile au début d'être chorégraphe et interprète. Puis quand là, c'est rendu à être vraiment comme il faut que ça soit tout rodé puis tout parfait tu sais comme quand il faut vraiment là, que ça soit en mode là, là on est on a eu là, les deux semaines où j'ai freaké un peu parce que j'ai réalisé que c'est comme s'il y avait une partie en moi qui qui, qui, qui pouvait qui avait pas euh, l'interprète en moi elle avait pas pris toute sa place j'avais été beaucoup justement dans la direction puis dans la, la euh, diriger les autres interprètes parce qu'on est trois là. Euh, et puis là, quand, là j'ai réalisé, hey là il est temps là que tu mettes tout de côté, tu rentres profondément dans. Tu je disais toujours ah ben je vais faire ça plus tard. Tu moi ça, je vais le reporter. C'est ça le danger un peu, c'est que tu 
tu te mets un peu à tout le temps en dernier. Tu, sais, tu passes tout le monde avant. Là, là, là c'est ça. Mais là, je l'ai fait. Là, <rire> là tu n'as plus le choix. Ouais, je plus le choix. Il faut que je rentre dans mes bottes. Puis, puis c'est moi qui, qui conçuis quand même. C'est le personnage Emma qu'on suit dans la, mm -hmm. la pièce. Fait il faut, fallait que, que je m'y mette. <rire> c'est ça. Puis c'est ça, les deux autres interprètes, c'est Jodie Eagle puis Jean-François Blanchard qui sont, mm -hmm. lui, comédien puis elle, danseuse. Donc, aucun des deux avait touché à la marionnette avant. Donc mmh. ça, ça a été du coaching, quand même beaucoup de coaching pour les, leur partager ma passion de la marionnette. C'est ça aussi, c'est que souvent, je ne vais pas prendre des gens qui sont calés dans ce dans, calés en marionnette, calés en... Je, me, je réalise que je me ramasse tout le temps à, à l'enseigner puis à le partager. Puis c'est quelque chose qui peut-être fait partie de moi, de ne pas prendre le, le meilleur marionnettiste puis la meilleure danseuse puis le meilleur comédien qui comme je veux dire je veux pas dire qu'ils sont pas bons mais tu comprends ce que je dis c'est ouais, de mais... pas prendre euh, des, des j'ai pas pris des marionnettistes puis ils manipulent les marionnettes mais ouais, j'aimais ce, ce partage là donc de, ça, de prendre quelqu'un qui, qui a cette soif là d'apprendre ouais, qui ouais. est plus important d'avoir quelqu'un qui connaît ouais. déjà la job ouais. c'est ouais, hum. intéressant donc de, de de pouvoir se retirer du travail, mais aussi être dedans, c'est quand même un, un défi. <rire> oui, puis en plus, c'est que euh, je, je dessine beaucoup à travers mm -hmm. ça. Là, il va y avoir une petite exposition de mes dessins à, à l'entrée de, de, du spectacle. C'est que les ah, gens ouais. vont pouvoir avoir un peu un, Behind the scenes. Ouais, un petit <rire> peu des trucs que j'ai dessinés ou des croquis ou tout ça. Et puis, euh, donc, en plus de chorégraphier, danser, tout ça, ben, là, j'ai tout sorti dernièrement, mes dessins, je les ai toutes mis à terre, mes peintures, les, les trucs que j'ai... Euh, des, des, des premiers euh, prototypes de, de, de marionnettes, puis tout ça. Puis là, j'essaie de, en plus, en faire... Euh, prendre les meilleurs, puis les, les partager. C'est que c'est vraiment comme toute une petite terre, tout un petit monde que je vais montrer. Oui, oui. Ouais. C'est pas juste un show de danse, là, ça c'est sûr. <rire> c est, c est... <rire> Puis euh, pour euh, Joran, est-ce que c'est est, préenregistré pour, euh, pour la musique? Oui, oui. Ouais. Ouais. Elle est vraiment euh, en composition. On est dans les derniers milles pour la composition, mais oui, ça va être préenregistré puisque. Mais c'est ça, là, il y a Richard Sassan, Joran, euh, puis plus nous, nous, ça aurait été comme un show. Oh my God. <rire> un peu trop. <rire> Mais euh, non, c'est ça, elle n'est pas là. Et Richard Desjardins, est-ce qu'il euh, y, y a sa place sur scène? Ah oui, 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 il y a une belle place. Moi, je viens de Timmins, Ontario, donc c'était proche de la BDP et tout. Donc, ah, Richard Desjardins, okay. c'était un héros pour les Franco-Ontariens. Oui, oui. Et euh, mon père travaillait dans les mines et tout, donc c'est quelque chose ah, de, oui. dans le nord. Donc, c'est quand même quelqu'un qui, qui a un vécu qui vient me, me, me toucher. Ah oui, moi, avec lui, vraiment. Oui. Je n'en reviens pas encore. Là. Sa voix, elle, elle apporte énormément, puis elle à vivre là, dans l'âme. J'ai l'impression que... Ça, ça doit faire quelque chose aussi en tant qu'interprète. De, 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 je ne sais pas s'il y a du mouvement en même temps que les textes. Oui, oui. OK. Oui. Ouais, on est là-dedans. Là. <rire> je suis curieuse, là, <rire> <c 'est> comme... <rire> Oui. 
Euh, ouais, mais c'est, c'est bon. Pour tout ce qui est marionnette, est-ce que vous avez, je sais que, que vous enseignez souvent que ce soit les, les, les femmes victimes de mm-hmm. violences ou euh, des ateliers avec mm-hmm. les jeunes. Mm-hmm. Est-ce que c'est quelque chose que vous souhaitez vraiment continuer et pousser? Oui, ouais, ouais. moi, je veux continuer. En fait, je veux manipuler aussi les marionnettes un peu plus parce que là, je réalise que moi, je tripe à manipuler des marionnettes, vraiment. Puis là, j'ai, j'ai, j'ai deux interprètes qui le font très bien puis que j'ai, j'ai partagé ça. C'est leur rôle un peu dans la, dans la pièce. Mais j'ai réalisé que moi, finalement, je manipule pas tant que ça. Puis c'est vraiment moi qui tripe à ça, tu sais. C'est que oui, je veux manipuler plus, faire plus de conceptions, explorer ça encore plus. Et puis, euh, ouais, mais, ouais. Que c'est pas la dernière pièce avec marionnette, certain. Yes. Et Max, c'est, c'est un spectacle qui va, qui va peut-être partir en tournée? Ou oui, on l'espère. Il y a déjà des, 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 des choses qui se disent. Ah. <rire> ça, ça se peut très bien, mais je suis allée à Rosec euh, mm-hmm. présenter euh, un extrait vidéo. Puis je, là, je m'en vais à Rideau cette semaine encore mm-hmm. pour présenter le, le même extrait. Donc, je pense que c'est les... Euh, il y a un intérêt pour, pour la pièce. Oui, oui. Puis, il y a beaucoup de collaborations dans, dans, dans ce projet-là. Oui. Donc, euh, y a-t-il eu des moments où que c'est plus le travail des autres artistes qui va inspirer le projet tel mm-hmm. compte ou le spectacle ou c'est vraiment… Euh, non, ça à... part beaucoup de… de... Non, c'est beaucoup partie de mon histoire, dans le fond. Mm-hmm. Tu sais, je leur... Donc, l'histoire, le texte, c'est vraiment le, le basse. Euh, les dessins, la, le mouvement. La, okay. les, en fait, ouais. euh, la plupart de... Habituellement, je vais créer du mouvement avant. Puis là, j'ai mmh. vraiment créé la danse autour des, des prototypes et de la marionnette. Fait que ça, c'est quelque chose qui est différent pour moi. Je suis partie du dessin mmh. à la, la marionnette, puis ensuite au mouvement. Mmh. Donc, c'est, c'est, c'est vraiment pas... Euh, ça s'est pas ajouté à la danse, tu sais. Ouais, c'est ouais. vraiment comme ça que ça s'est fait, non. Puis, il n'y a pas vraiment de recette pour vos pièces. C'est, c'est, des fois, il y a peut-être un élément différent. qui va plus ressortir ouais. qu'une autre. Puis... Mais c'est certain que je suis de plus en plus consciente que pour moi, un temps de recherche assez long, c'est important, puis c'est ça qui, que j'aime faire. J'aime vraiment le, le, le chemin pour se rendre, mais je pense que beaucoup d'artistes, c'est comme ça. Là. Chaque ouais. étape et... ouais. Il n'y mm. a pas de recette, mais ce que je, je constate, c'est que j'ai toujours eu beaucoup de résidences avant des projets mm. ou avant des spectacles pour, parce que j'en ai besoin. Puis j'ai. j'ai euh, c'est ça, le temps de recherche, c'est peut-être ma, ma, mon petit ingrédient. C'est ça, c'est quelque chose que j'ai, j'ai, j'ai besoin. <rire> oui. <rire> Puis, on a, ouais, ouais, ouais. Puis, il y a toujours plus de recherche que le, le produit final. Ah, ouais. Il y a beaucoup plus de. Ouais, de après, tu as huit spectacles, tu es comme, oh mon Dieu. <rire> non, mais là, il va en avoir plus, c'est sûr. <rire> bon, c'est parfait. Mais merci beaucoup. Euh, merci Ça fait un grand plaisir. Oui. Donc, c'est Emma, euh, Emmanuel Calvé qui va présenter euh, Emma Kitter Marine à Densité dans la programmation Trace Or Sentier. Euh, c'est c'est pr... aussi dans le cadre du festival euh, Les Trois Jours de Castelier, qui est un festival ah. de marionnettes. Euh, ah, à Montréal. Ça tombe c'est bien. que, ouais, <rire> j'y avais pensé. <rire> fait que le, le, le 7 mars, 
euh, c'est vraiment présenté dans le cadre du, du festival aussi. OK. Ouais. OK. Donc, euh, à, donc, le spectacle sera présenté au Théâtre Rouge du Conservatoire le 5 et 6 mars à 20h, le 7 mars à 19h, le 8 mars à 20h, le 12 mars à 14h et du 13 au 15 mars à 20h. Donc, euh, merci beaucoup, merci. Manuel. Et à Bonne bientôt. Journée. <rire> Bonne journée à toi. So in the second half of this uh, Dirty Feet episode, we're going to be speaking to uh, two choreographers who are presenting work as part of a double bill at Tangente this week. We have Kimberly DeJong and Stephanie Morin-Robert. So of course, Stephanie is our uh, co-host here on Dirty Feet. So she's taking a, a, a different seat today. We're, we're giving her a break from hosting so that she can be our guests on the show. And uh, in her place, we have Amy Blackmore, who's coming in to uh, guest host on Dirty Feet today. So thank Thanks so much for being here, Amy. Oh, no problem. It feels like home. Good. Uh, Amy's been on the show before. We've uh, we've had you on. We didn't have you on speaking about Bouche DC, but you are the artistic director of Bouche DC. Mm -hmm. You also run Mainline Theater and the Fringe Festival. Uh, you also teach dance, choreograph for theater. What? My goodness. Like, you, you do a lot. So, you know what you're talking about. You're making me want to take a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you remember what we had you on the show for before? Oh, yes, I, I remember. It was um, um, um Oh, Rocky Horror. Rocky Horror, yeah. Okay. It was for Rocky Horror in October. Perfect. So, she should be a familiar voice. Uh welcome back and uh maybe I can give the reins to you, Amy. Ooh, so exciting. Love it. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me here today. And it's such a pleasure uh, to meet Kimberly. And I mean, Stephanie, we know each other already from <laughs> your work at Mainline Theater and The Fringe. And uh, I thought that maybe I'd start with that, actually, because I am familiar with your work already, as you are doing your um, artist in residence. Uh, you are the artist in residence at Mainline at the moment. But Kimberly, I saw on the Tangent website that you did a residency at Studio 303. Yeah, that's right. So I was just sort of wondering, you know, how important doing a residency is uh, in the creation of a work. Uh, is it something that's a requirement for both of you? Um, or is it just a tool that allows you uh, to have time in studio and to, to work on your work? So yes, um, the residency is uh, is really, really helpful um, because uh, I can have more time uh, later on in the studio. Um, you know, having had the residency, it, it uh, provides uh, financial financial help, and um, it's also just a, a, a space and time that's um, that's provided that I, you know, I, I don't have to think maybe about, uh, you know, uh, scheduling. It's already there in advance, and 
yeah, it's, um, I don't say it's, uh, you, you don't, it, it's not like uh, mandatory, but it definitely is a huge aid uh, within the creation process, yeah. That's great. You know, sometimes I feel pretty lucky about uh, us being in Montreal and having places like Studio 3 who've been doing residencies uh, or residences for years now, I believe. Uh, what about you, Steph? Yeah, no, it's, it, I think it's a great thing to have because overall it's it's what makes the work possible and and especially trying to plan this show and and working with with such a large group because we're seven sometimes eight in all and and that uh involves a lot of uh, financial support especially when trying to take a show on the road um so it's been a huge help in having space and, and knowing that it's there and knowing that when I go there, I, um, you know, mainline's like my second home, sometimes even my first home, <laughs> depending on the time of year. Uh, so it's really a good place to have and, and to feel kind of safe in. And whether it's I go there to just be alone and be on my computer or whether I just go there to actually have a rehearsal um, or work on my own personal work or, or just, you know, freak out or <laughs> anything uh-huh. it's it's just great to have a location um available that's really great you know yeah. it, there's so many layers to putting a show together so you have your residencies that you're doing you have your collaborations with your many artists stephanie you said you're seven or eight how many are you in your project uh, i have two dancers um and I, what, I used to be part of the, the piece, obviously, when I, when I found out I was pregnant, I pulled out, and uh, it was, it's been really great being an outside eye. Uh, it's been really important within this process. I, I also just wanted to mention that you, you had mentioned Studio 303, um, and I did that residency, like, um, in the beginning of this creation. And oh, then uh, recently, like this year, I, I had a huge support um, from Compagnie Marie Chouinard. So I had a big residency there. So I just wanted to, to mention that that was uh, the most recent residency. I, I That's had. great. That's really good to know. And I didn't even realize that they did residencies uh, there as well. But I guess because they have the space that's available and funds available, uh, they're able to do those kinds of things, right? Yes, they do it. Uh, yeah, quite a bit. Now. That's great. Yeah. That's great. We're so lucky because you did bring your daughter with you today. And so <laughs> I keep looking at you to speak, but I also have to look down at the same time. So <laughs> congratulations. Uh, thank you. Um, that must have been an interesting experience backing away and becoming the outside eye for your work. And Stephanie, you often dance in your work as well, but I believe you've taken a bit of an mm-hmm. outside choreographer look to it. Um, maybe l- let's talk a bit about that. I mean, has that changed how you feel about the work? Mm, yeah, it's an interesting question. I think it's um, there are some movements or, or, or moments in a piece, I think, that feel good, um, but they don't always look as good as they feel. <laughs> That's, I guess, what I've, I've realized through this um, kind of coming out and stepping out. I mean, I'm still a part of the performance, but more in a way where I'm manipulating lights and uh, more in a technical way, I guess we could say. Um, so that, it's been interesting to be on that side of things and um, uh, also, I guess, get to catch a few more um, details or just being able to really sink in deep and, and organize the space in a way. Uh, so yeah, I, I enjoy being on the outside of it. It's always tempting to be in it because <laughs> it's always lovely to, to perform and be a part of, of your work. But mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah, I definitely feel uh, it's actually, for me it was 
a lot harder to be in my own work because I didn't have that outside larger perspective. Like you said, it, it feels really good to dance and I still, I love, I love to dance. But uh, yes, yeah, so being outside, the outside eye, I've had more, more clarity and, and direction with the work, but I also feel like uh, I need to um, try certain things out. Even if I'm the outside eye, like I can't really just always sit on the chair. I mean, sometimes I will, but uh, I think for the interpreters, it's a lot, it's very helpful when I when I'm able to go in it myself and for example there's some text in the piece and I just I knew what I wanted through through doing it and showing them that way because sometimes I don't have the words to say what I want exactly so I'll I'll do it and I'll try it out myself and then I'll come to conclusions mm-hmm. I, I can totally relate to that I find in my own process that happens all the time I'm constantly replacing dancers and moving them around and saying okay just let me be you for a minute and watch, and then let's let's switch after that. For anyone who hasn't kind of seen uh, the video or photos or has no context for, for your work, uh, I mean, we, we can take the information that you used to dance for Mary Shrinard, and uh, and you studied Gaga in Tel Aviv, the yeah. uh, Bathsheba. Yeah, that was a, a, a while ago now. But yeah, that was um, actually when I was uh, pregnant with my first child. I went and did a development grant there. Okay, so that was that was really fun. She's in my belly while I was doing Gaga. Uh, <laughs> it seems like an, uh, a comfortable yeah, movement a real to be floating, doing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a lot of imagery. So nice. So does this do these things inform your work now? Like, how would you describe? Yes and no. They're definitely seeds for my work. I I think there's mention that I did Continuum with Linda Rabin, and um, I haven't had as much time for these types of workshops in the last. Uh, years but i i would say like life experience is more what i'm using now having had the two kids now and also uh well going through my my grandmother's passing and and most recently my father um very recently so i think that um just taking some time away from the studio and living too has is really important for my work you know that it's not just about in studio, but what what happens when we're not in studio? So that I can bring something um, to the to the stage, you know, like a real life experience. So that's that's really informed my work, I'd say, um, more recently. Yes, that sounds like it would be a real thing to keep in mind when you're casting. That it would you would have to have people that you could really yes. trust with that. Um, well, Brianna Lombardo, she. Um, I actually danced with her, with Fred Gravel. Um, and so it's, it was really great getting to know her on tour and really sharing some, you know, intimate moments on stage with her. So I got to know her as a performer, as a friend. And, uh, and we've been through some, some, you know, uh, life changing events as well together. So, um, definitely I think she's an, an incredible, incredible interpreter. So just to work with that already is, is huge. Um, and vital, you know, to, to work. And then Nathan, I did the first 10 minute version of cycle with him at Danse Bissonnaire. So I got to know him, um, you know, through creating on him, um, for the first version of this piece. And what's really nice about working with Nathan is I really feel like he's in a spot in a, in a place in his career where he's really, um, taking huge jumps and evolving a lot in this period. And so to see him, um, you know, uh, mature, as an artist is really really fun yeah and to maybe slide it over here and talk about uh talk about your background and where your movement quality is is inspired from stephanie because you're you're a concordia graduate what else do you feel like describes um your style 
It's a good question. I feel like it's it's more it's come from a very uh, therapeutic place, where I've always done dance to kind of run away from my reality of of uh, whether it was like family problems or personal problems or dealing with like sickness when I was young. And I think it's really what um, allowed me to continue on and and kind of be the person I am today. And uh, channeling my emotions and, and all of that so it's a very therapeutic thing um and if I could take that and turn it into something that I could share and that maybe people could relate to and that's where I, I could really relate to to wanting to take life experiences and and kind of make that and share that you know and whether the whether the people who are watching it could relate or not I guess that's not really the important part right um well sometimes <laughs> but uh but yeah, so I think it comes from a place where uh, it's a release. So hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a release. I like that <laughs> a lot. Um, speaking of the work, I'd love to hear a bit about it. So I watched the videos on the Tajant website today. Uh, a really great tool. I'm so glad that there's videos up with all the shows. It's awesome. Uh, it'll help me choose my future performances I will attend. Uh, but yeah, so I was watching the work. Very interesting. I've seen some of your work before, Steph. Uh, and I, I hadn't seen a Cycle, uh, the original one, uh, at uh, Danse Bosonier last year. So uh, I was curious to see that video. And um, I'm curious to hear about it what 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 does this work mean to you uh especially as you talk about it you know reflecting maybe not reflecting but you're you know you want to put work out there that um comes from some of your life experiences well definitely uh four years ago uh, after Gaia my first daughter had you know was born and then about six months later, my grandmother, um, you know, she was, it was time, she was 94 and, uh, she, you know, I assist a really peaceful passing of hers and I, I really, I was there till the, till the very end. And it was very life changing experience just w- watching her let go. And you word, you use that word let go. And I really do believe it was about letting go, um, the layers of her life. Cause she, you know, she had to, just lived a full life and, um, and, you know, it was, it was a letting go process and, uh, and how I could relate that to, um, having given birth. It was like I had to let go of, you know, just, uh, m- my mind in some way. Uh, and, and it became about entering the animal body and, and it became this primal thing. And, um, and then there was other connections that I could make too. I was looking after, like I said, my six month year old and there was just such a dependency she had on me. And, and so did my grandmother at the time. And I, you know, I was nursing her a little bit as well. Um, you know, just giving her massages and stuff like that. So, and then, then there was also like just the physicality of, uh, my daughter, you know, uh, having, you know, just still being in kind of the fetal position when she slept and, and then my, my grandmother reverting to that. So, uh, there just, there was just more and more connections to be made. And I thought, wow, that would be, you know, a, a lot of material to work with in the studio. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, I I love, I just love the whole idea of, of the cycle. Cause I, I think it is real and it is true. Um, 
it's funny when you came in earlier uh, before we started recording. You were saying, you know, oh, I, you know, I, I'm going to keep my jacket on because I have, I have my daughter with me, you know, because of that dependence that you know you're talking about. I she seems that was better cute. when she's all uh, cuddled <laughs> up, bundled up. Yeah, that's great. Um, what about you, Stephanie? Yeah, it's 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 like I love how this happened as far as the programming goes because. Um, for us, it was a really late ad in the program. Uh, I think we found out maybe two months ago. Yeah, and uh, the, the so woman you're replacing got fell pregnant too. Yeah, so. so it was just all these cycles, and then Dina was like, "You better not get pregnant." <laughs> <laughs> she was joking, but um, I was just about to ask you, "Are you pregnant?" <laughs> yeah, it would be a great moment to share that with Announce the world. Announce it but on no, dirty I'm feet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not, but I do have a huge. Uh, Love for babies. <laughs> anyway, but uh, my work does revolve around cycles um, uh, in, in, I guess, a different way. More how the, the cycle of like the, the universe and the of nature and, and of the tides and, and the moon and, and how those cycles really influence us. Like this environment that um, influences us uh, to either change uh, without noticing or, or to adapt. Um, so it, it's kind of, yeah, which is very similar. Uh, but yeah, and it, I guess it all came out of a residency that we had in Nova Scotia in the Bay of Fundy and, and where we were actually creating movement with our like feet in the water and we would repeat this, this sequence until we were about neck deep as the water's coming up and the tide's coming up and just that urgency of having to move away or having to surrender because of the danger <laughs> and also because of just like tons and tons of water being moved back and forth every day. It's just something that's bigger than us and, and kind of makes you feel powerless and also um, made me realize that, you know, we're constantly moving and if it's not us, you know, that's moving everything's moving around us and it was this really uh, overwhelming realization of of uh you know well i think we're always like like there's movement happening all the time without actually having to move D dina did a really good job of programming because i feel like uh, through <laughs> what you're saying i can connect so much to to um mm. what what i kind of believe in too in terms of um you know, movement and that we're always, we're always moving. And even in complete stillness, there's so much movement within that, that we can't, we can't hold time yeah. and we can't control it. Uh, yeah. And we think we can sometimes, or we, mm -hmm. we wish we could, but yeah, it's just in kind of coming to, to realize that sometimes you just need to surrender and let things happen. And, and, and sometimes I guess it's about the, the human body being super fragile and very strong all at once. So it's the balance between the two because um, we're all very fragile. But we kind of think we're these like strong kind of people that... that or that we can prolong life. Yeah. You know, yeah. We're, yeah. We're, somehow we think we, you know, we can be... Um, Invincible. Yeah, or immortal. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Speaking of time and the passing of time, you know, I've been waiting for this show to take place for a really long time now, I feel. <laughs> and I can't believe that it's, it's going to be taking place this week at Tangente. I'm curious because it is a double bill. And like you said, you know, it does sound like Dina's done a really great job of programming you two together. Um, ha had you met before? Uh, how long have you known each other? I'm very curious about how that plays I think out. This is the most we've actually talked, yeah. uh, but we've passed 
we've crossed paths maybe once yeah. but i think i uh, haven't seen uh stephanie i haven't seen your work yet so i'm really looking forward yeah, to that in theater here. this Very week excited oh so exciting <laughs> and something i want to address i know light is really important in your work steph mm-hmm. uh uh your company is called uh for body and light for body and light or pour corps et lumière mm-hmm. uh can you talk a little bit about how light influences uh your work how that influences the movement that we uh maybe how it influences what the audience will see what they might not i i i guess coming back to the residency once again i i love how the environment and like site specific work was immersed in an environment that was constantly changing um but not having oh i guess the no, I don't want to start talking about God, but not. it's not like it's just an environment that's changing on its own. And then when you go into a theater, it's like this, you know, there's somebody in the tech and, and then everything's being changed for you. And it's like pre-thought. So I was like, I, I rather have something that's kind of more um, that could be manipulated by the performers and where the light is actually just another element or another performer on its own, because the way the light swings and, and, and the weight of it and, and the decisions that the light will make are kind of unpredictable um, because we can't control its full swing or the the momentum of the push at that moment. Um, so there's something about that, about being unpredictable, that I that I really enjoy, and and the fact that it um, being able to sculpt and and sculpt the space and sculpt the body and. and yeah, so I, I think it's an interesting thing, and and to me it symbolizes the the moon, which is coming back to cycles, and 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 the the main reason of the main reason that the the tides come up and down, right? So that magnetic force and the pull, and so yeah. yeah. Can I just add briefly because yeah. I love whenever this word is brought up in your descriptions of of imagination, the difference between imagination and what is seen, and and having what is in light and what is in shadow you know, and what is said outright and what is poetry, like kind of, I, I like that distinction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess um, because it's uh, in collaboration with Ian Ferrier, who's a spoken word artist here in Montreal, and um, our two worlds kind of colliding is like creating this new world where um, his his texts could be very abstract, but have a story of their own and, and hold themselves together on their own and then there's movement that that exists on its own but once they're put together it creates something completely new and gives the the movement new meaning gives the text space and maybe time to breathe and and a visual and it's uh yeah it's been a really uh, interesting balance and all comes down to me realizing that I don't need to have movement I don't need to have so much movement and it's 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 a hard thing because we just want to move, but, um, but yeah. Right on. And has have you been working with Ian since mm-hmm. the beginning of your process? Yeah. Um, That's uh, interesting, and I'm sure challenging yeah. also, right? Yeah. Well, Ian is from a whole other generation. Uh, he, he's he's also got a lot of experience in this whole different kind of practice. So that's been a really interesting thing. And um, it's been a little over a year now. And we had originally met in the collective body slam and decided to kind of carry through and and do the work together. So it's, uh, it's been a really lovely collaboration. And I mean, he's been like, I almost see him as as a, a mentor, you know, he's my collaborator, but we've been each other's teachers and kind of just uh, explaining and, and getting each other to understand each other's practice. 
That's nice. Mm-hmm. So you've been working together for a little over a year, you were saying. And Kimberly, your uh, work was originally shown over a year ago as a part of Danse Boussignard. These are really long-term projects, long processes. I think it's wonderful. Um, I, I get asked all the time, you know, Amy, how long do you work on one piece? And it's like, yeah, it can take years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if we're in a place to say decades yet ourselves. But... Uh, Eventually, we will be. Um, <laughs> Choreographers take back pieces all the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like we said, things are always changing. So even if you do the same piece, I guess there's a lot of room for difference. <laughs> there is, there yeah, is, yeah. and growth, and you know, evolving, right? Yeah, I think this is probably the fourth, the fourth show that comes out of this whole concept where. It's. I see them as stepping stones, so they're not all individual shows. They're all kind of things that led up to what the, the 40 minutes that we're, we're going to be presenting now. Um, so I think the the work I did this year has kind of been building up to this this moment, which is um, both terrifying because because of. I mean, I'm a young choreographer. I've got you know, I'm I'm just getting into the the feeling of things. So that's kind of a terrifying. Um, thing to jump into but I'm also really happy that I have this opportunity and it kind of just fell on my laps because it was unpredictable and I had no idea it was going to happen you know it was just mm-hmm. like Tangente is really wonderful for that yeah. for uh, sweeping up emerging artists and you know allowing um, allowing us to have a platform to um, to do what we like to do <laughs> by presenting our work a lot of organizing, a lot of promotion uh, that they're responsible for. So that's a great help. We're really lucky to, to, to have Tangent in Montreal. And, you know, like we mentioned before, Studio 303, you know, it's choreographers can be a dime a dozen, I think, uh, especially in the city. But to have places like that uh, where people take risks and uh, take chances on choreographers or emerging choreographers or dancers moving into choreography, it's all uh, definitely it's all really great. So where do we go from here is what I'm curious. So we've got the big week. It's coming up. We're a little scared. Maybe we're nervous. We're not dancing in our own work anymore. It sounds amazing. Um where do we go from here? What's what's next after this week? I just feel like this is one of many cycles. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and uh, there may be a cycle three. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, let it all settle down uh, first. But uh, definitely feels like there's been a lot of change recently in my life. So this, it almost it does for me feel like kind of the end of a cycle and, and the beginning of, a, of another one. So... And that's the magic of a cycle is because there is no beginning or end, so it's just continuous, yeah, right? Exactly. Um, but yeah, I think after this, um, I mean, no, I'm going to be busy for a while, but... You're going on tour. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to uh, New York right after Tangente, and then we are, um, I'm in Montreal for, for the, to work for the French Festival, and then, and then JFL, and then after that we're going for a, a solid two months on, on tour to Saskatoon, uh, Saskatoon, Edmonton, Victoria, and Vancouver, um, all places I haven't performed in yet, so I'm really excited about that. Oh man, so how many yeah. performances in total is that going to make? It must be near... 
Near Upwards 40. 30, 40, eh? Yeah, near 40. Oh we're uh, on our days off, like from what we actually have, we're, we're trying to find just places, whether we can give workshops or stuff like that. It's a good idea. Um, and we don't have, well, we don't have funding yet for this tour, so we've been raising money, um, selling matchbooks, like, like doing everything we possibly could. We have a clothing swap coming up. Um, so it's just... Uh, trying you know we love doing this and and i'm i'm working with a team that is really passionate and and really giving all of their energy into it so i'm very thankful to have such wonderful people on board and and you know because you have to do this because you you love it yeah you definitely do it's interesting that you say that that you you're raising money and and you haven't gotten the funding yet and i think what you you know it's really important that you mention that because i think a lot of us like you know, it, it is very competitive, like you said before, in Montreal. And um, to really like, if you love it, just to, to keep on doing it and finding different ways, finding alternatives to keep your art going because, you know, it isn't, uh, you won't always get that grant or that. And it takes time, especially in the beginning. Uh, yeah. So, you know, to, to be creative <laughs> with how you yeah. find ways to keep it going. Mm-hmm. How do you find that balance between working uh, as a part of your creative process for the actual body of work and the planning of tour and or raising money uh, and the sort of organizational side of it? I I gained a lot of experience as a like an administrator kind of thing uh, through through the fringe, um, and I think that's that's work that I could apply everywhere because nowadays you need to be super organized. I feel like I even write on my to do list like answer your text messages. Like I think even that is something. I need to start doing that on my <laughs> list. Like I don't know. I feel like we're so overwhelmed with all these messages and ways of communicating that we often forget to like make real connections with people. I think that's what the hardest thing is. There's a lot of office work where I do this because I love to be in a studio. I love to move. I love to have like real interactions with people. Um, so there's that whole side, but um, it's necessary, right? Because to do the posters and the flyers and right now it's great because Tangent does help a lot with that. But other than this show, everything else is pretty much, you know, self-promotion and self-produced and and so that's uh that's a lot yeah. of work. It's it's probably more than fifty percent of the work. Yeah. And uh work that I, I feel like um I'm just uh, beginning to realize what what that real percentage is because um like like you I prefer that hands on person to person contact in studio creation. So I'm just learning the other part of it, mm-hmm. the other huge mm-hmm. chunk. And, I, and as I said before, and I can't say it enough, is that I, I'm surrounded by people and within the company and, and also people who are ready to help us uh, who are really, really supportive. And, and uh, I mean, they're, I, I don't just have dancers. I have collaborators that are on board with me, and that's really something that's worth so much. And, and whether it's like sending out emails or helping to plan our fundraisers or writing grants, you know, so uh, I'm, I'm not doing it alone, and I would never be able to because it's a big project, but we're really excited. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, you know, we, we, we do rely on the people around us 
often as uh, as artists and and not only as dancers but I think in every art form you know we also lead double lives too sometimes you know working a job here and there getting a contract trying to make it all work out um, so yeah I can totally appreciate that the nice thing about this this podcast and it being able to to kind of connect with artists because I feel like as an artist we're often stuck in our our bubbles and our worlds and our lives because you know our our lives inspire our work and then we're working on our projects and it's really the focus is really towards ourselves which is also what I love the most about it because it takes time to self reflect and understand things and let things sink in um, but this podcast has allowed me to also. Um, peek into other people's processes and that's been a huge inspiration to see that you know I'm not the only one writing grants and like pulling my hair out and being like damn it how am I going to pay for this project you know so it's it's a it's a really lovely place to connect with other mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. So, Kimberly, you do work uh, with the uh, Marie Chanel Dance Company currently as their rehearsal director, correct? Yeah. Well, currently I'm on maternity leave. Wonderful. Um, <laughs> but um, I was, yeah, up until uh, I, I I left. Um, yeah, and I'm the reason why I bring it up is because I am curious to know if that influences your work at all. Yeah. If you carry a lot of those uh, experiences with you, yeah, I mean, um, whether consciously or not, uh, definitely, I, I have a lot of my formative years. I mean, I worked with her since 2006, so um, definitely, she's been a huge mentor for me, and she, you know, she's um, really you know, a successful woman in Montreal in terms of uh, her, you know, building a um, little mini empire for uh, of dance and, um, and works of choreography over the years. Um, so I've really learned from her um, in terms of like her process, but also just like entrepreneurial skills and like being it all at once. We were talking about administrative work and stuff because like it is her own company and she runs it. So, and I've been sort of her right hand. So definitely learning, um, you know, uh, and I I wouldn't say that um, I'm probably very different than her, but definitely, uh, yeah, definitely she's sort of um, um, really kind of paved a, um, and a lot of experience um, for me. I mean, just first of all, as an interpreter, I was really able to travel the world uh, with her um, and her and through her choreographies. So, a lot of experience on stage through the company, and then now as um, yeah, as a rehearsal director, just being that um, outside eye and and being able to be a tool as um, as a rehearsal director for her so uh, just being able to see things and then um you know make connections and transitions so that's helped me a lot for my own work in in having like a a, that eye to to know where to fix certain problems and you know how to solve things and can I maybe ask you to describe what a rehearsal director does? Because I know that it doesn't apply in all genres of dance, and we do have listeners from various backgrounds. So um, maybe if you could summarize sort of what your role is as a rehearsal director. Yeah, well, um, like I was just saying, like to solve certain problems, um, try to work on, um, 
you know, work with the dancers on where they are at that moment within a piece. So, you know, uh, watch a piece and then get a feel for maybe what it could make the piece a little smoother. Um, uh, if they've just been bombarded with, um, uh, you know, choreography certain steps, how to make them feel like they, they're living that. And and uh, so depending where they are, I guess, in the process, sometimes it'll need more, a piece will need more cleaning, you know, um, t- to make it more uh, precise. And so that requires a lot of, like, running things over and over, getting certain uh, music cues. Um, but again, like I said, it depends on where... You, they are in the process and also really depends on the choreographer and the type of choreography you're working and from piece to piece because each piece is so different. Um, but yeah, so cleaning, um, making the dancers feel comfortable within the work, um, also instilling confidence within the dancers. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, directors or choreographers can be short, but it's not, I don't think it's ever like, you know, personal I think it's just that sometimes there's that link between the choreographer and the dancer and, and sometimes a rehearsal director can smooth that um, that bridge you know and make the dancers feel like you know it's not about who they are but it's just more about a way of executing or yeah uh, about the work itself and it's yeah, I think mo- most recently started working with a rehearsal director and and it's it's a really wonderful feeling um to, to have somebody that you can kind of step away and just watch things happen and watch the the, the work clean up and really get into the details of uh, because when you see movement so much sometimes you you see past those little details you see it as a whole and having an outside eye really um, allows them bigger to sp- pick. perspective for yeah. me and like I, yeah. I just recently got uh, Jamie Wright to come in and look at my work and it's been such a help just um, being able to have someone else like you said because I get so involved in the work that I it's like getting so involved in an essay you need someone to proofread it uh, like someone else just to have this clear eye and um, yeah yeah a bigger uh, a different different perspective yeah uh, so at first I had Alexia Martel, and then she ended up being a, becoming a part of of the of the piece. And uh, now we're working with Audrey Rochette, who's been uh, oh, really generous and really lovely. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. she's great. I love it. Great. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm lucky to have. Um, well, like I just mentioned, Jamie Wright, and then uh, Lara Kramer has also come in and been a been an outside eye. Um, and then I'm going to have Ginelle Chagnon come in. Um, and, and she's my favorite. Yeah, I'm so lucky. I, I won't be able to be at the last two shows, uh, so she's going to step in, and oh. uh, I think she'll be great. I just melted when you said her name. Yeah. She's just <laughs> yeah. I love her so Such much. A very huge, like, huge inspiration. Yeah. Throughout my yeah. my three years at Concordia, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would have got through it without her. <laughs> no, it's true. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> Is there something that we didn't cover that you want to address? Maybe. My father's going to come see my work for the first time, and he, he's never seen contemporary dance or anything, so that's an exciting... Uh, it makes me see my work work in a diff- with a different perspective, and I've never really like had to worry about that, because I guess usually the crowd, you know, in Montreal, we're so used to seeing contemporary dance where nothing is weird anymore. It's just, you know what I mean? So I think that's going to be an interesting thing. How far is he traveling from? Oh, Timmins. 12 hours, maybe. Craziness. But yeah, 
other than that, I'm very excited and happy that we got to talk. Because I, I was yeah. like, now I have a, a better feel of what's going to happen on stage. Yeah, that's <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, and it sounds like you guys are, are unified uh, almost by accident, right? But in, in, in some sort of vision uh, yeah. of the cycle. It's really nice to hear you both sort of talk about that together and mm-hmm. and, and gel. Uh, thank you so much for coming in today, Kimberly thank and Steph, who's uh, usually here. And thank you so much, Allison, for inviting me uh, to come and blab with these amazing choreographers. I love doing that. Let's do it again. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Should we maybe say the dates of the yeah. shows and stuff? Yes. Bear in mind that this is actually going to be taking place at Theatre Prospero, not at Monument National or any other venue that Tangent has been using, but Theatre Prospero. And uh, it's going to be taking place February 20th, 21st, and 22nd at 7.30. And uh, the 23rd, that's the Sunday at 4 p.m., and uh, it's a double bill. Both pieces are about 40 minutes long uh, with a, an intermission between them. And uh, it's a lot of bang for your buck, guys. So, yeah, <laughs> sounds like it's going to be an amazing show. Thank you both so much for joining us. We've been speaking with uh, Stephanie Morin-Robert and uh, Kimberly DeJong with uh, Amy Blackmore co-hosting. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to have a sound uh, bite from each of the works that are going to be presented in this uh, double bill at Tangente. Stephanie, uh, can you introduce what, what you're going to play for us? Uh, yeah, this is a piece by Ian Ferry and uh, his collaborating musicians. Um, not necessarily a piece that's in the show, but a piece that is inspired through the research of the movement. Perfect. And uh, Kimberly, what will we hear after that? Um, this is a piece by uh, Alva Noto and Ryuku Sakamoto. It's a mix of uh, piano and electro sounds called uh, Off the Album Vrion One. I don't have any money, he said, but I got something you might need. To fill my frauds. You are all your ills, you take one and feel the tension melt away like some kind of black magic. Running around the edges of your skin, it's all down the borders of your body.
Dirty Feet is recorded every week at the Montreal Improv Theater. Check them out at montrealimprov.com. Dirty Feet est produit et animé par Produced and hosted by Alison Burns J.D. Papillon et Stéphanie Moret-Robert. You can find out more about our show at nomoreradio.com Follow us on Twitter at Dirty Dirty Feet and find us on Facebook at Dirty Feet Podcast. Vous pouvez écouter tous nos épisodes sur notre site web ou vous pouvez vous abonner également sur iTunes à notre podcast. Listen to past episodes on the website or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. While you're there, be sure to give us a rating and or leave a comment to help us spread the word. Tune in next week for a whole new show.